0: Hello and welcome to the very first Future of Foam podcast. My name's Duncan Geddes and I run Technical Foam Services in Corby. This is the only podcast dedicated to the foam industry, so this is your chance to listen to the views of your peers. Each month I'm going to speak to a member of our community about the future of foam, talking about innovation, investment, materials, manufacturing and converting processes, the future challenges that we face in our industry. I've been in the industry for 30 odd years, so I know a lot of the industry's key players. In today's busy world, many of us don't get the time to talk to each other so much, nowhere near as much as we'd like to, so this is going to be a good old fashioned chat between a couple of phone boys like the good old days. Technical phone services is proudly independent, so I've got no restrictions and no agenda beyond wanting to showcase you and the world of phone which puts us in a pretty unique position, so I'm really looking forward to hosting these. For this first episode, I spoke to Steve Challoner, owner of InTech Foam. He's an expert in a wide variety of specialist foams, so he's actually the perfect first guest. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast on your favourite podcast platform or follow us on SoundCloud. You can also stay up to date by following us on LinkedIn and Facebook. Enjoy the episode and be warned if you're in the foam industry and I know you, I'll be in contact soon to ask you to be a future guest. But in the meantime, Steve, you are the first guest on this podcast. So no pressure, all right? <laughs> Luckily, um, you and I have known each other for many, many years. Um, and, 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 and let's face it, Steve. Uh, We can now just start chatting to each other like we talk to each other on a a pretty regular basis. Let's let's start off. How long have you been in the industry for, Steve? It must be about
1: 38 years, something like that.
0: So you're in in, in real terms, you're kind of man and boy, phone guy all the way through. Where did you start? It would have been 1984. So and that was was that in Corby? Did you start off in Corby?
1: I started off as like the, the technical guy at uh, a company called Declan. Declan yeah, is... was uh, named after Decorators of London. So you're, you're going back to the guys, you're, that would have been in the 80s, wouldn't it? That was 84. It was late 84 when I joined. Yeah. And as I say, it was in the technical department uh, looking yeah. after projects that uh, the salespeople were bringing in and developing them uh for the, the salespeople,
0: sales people so you see i mean in those days and that's a little bit more before my time steve to be honest which proves you're a bit older than me but there was declan and there was ranwall they were the two big foam companies weren't They're they and you know, and at some point correct me if i'm wrong at some point they merged didn't they they were both taken
1: over by rector cell and right. uh Ranwell was the first one and then uh declan was the second one and then the yeah. two merged. It all moved up to the Corby site, and uh, that, that's it, you know. And then uh,
0: it was all RectorCell Corby after that. So, did you leave Declon and set up Intec while it was still Declon, or. No, uh,
1: it was about 1990
0: when RectorCell took Declon over,
1: and uh, I was then uh, regional sales manager for the Midlands. Do you remember David Hart?
0: Yeah, how could I get over him? <laughs> he,
1: gave, he he gave me the opportunity to move into sales. And uh, from there, I sort of, uh, well, moved all the way through, uh, taking over eventually as the UK
0: technical foam sales guy uh, for Rectus L Corby. So in those days, how was... Um, I mean, Rectorcell therefore in Corby was a, a phone converter, as you and I know a phone converter. So you got you got your phone manufacturers, a la the Rectorcells and the, the Viters and the Carpenters and so forth. But Rectorcell in Corby has always been just a converting unit. So in those days, how was the business split across the uh, across the factory? If you see what I mean, because. There was a a, a large element of um, domestic foam, so I'm talking sponges, bath sponges, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it was retail. So they were supplying sponge scourers, uh, bath sponges, baby sponges into places like Boots, Sainsbury's, Tesco's, those sort of places. There was an automotive uh, side to the business where they were supplying Land Rover, Rolls Royce, to name a few. Uh, with automotive products and uh, then there was the technical side of which I was part of and uh, that was anything other than automotive or retail. So I mean how many people would have been there in those days?
0: Probably about 180 in total. Bloody hell yes I mean that was that was a massive a massive site. Yeah it did scale down uh, over the years. That was that was a big site now because when you think about it nowadays I mean apart from you know the foam manufacturers that do a certain amount of converting on their own site and 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 I'm talking for example foam partners because I mean yeah. big, you know foam partners in switzerland and, and even in leverkusen they do a certain amount of converting on their own site it's quite rare to see a uh, very large foam converters nowadays maybe maybe in the furniture world you you there's, there's one or two um yeah. but on the whole in in the sort of the technical side of the industry that you and i work in generally they tend to be much smaller companies maybe 20 30 40 people that kind of thing so yeah yeah you then you obviously when when rectocell took on or took over declan you stayed at rectocell for a few years what what inspired you to go off and set up in tech foam
1: uh to be fair i got a bit disillusioned with uh all the red tape and paperwork that was, was going on. Uh, and I saw a niche in the market for somebody to help out smaller companies who wanted foam but couldn't get them through the big boys that weren't really interested. So that's when I decided to, to start up tech Foams. Started up very, very small and uh, eventually grew into where we are now uh, over the last, what,
0: 15 years yeah well you've done well so i mean turnover now is what turnover is about half a million so if you don't mind me saying so steve for the aspiration of setting up and helping the smaller customers gain access to foam that's quite a lot smaller customers that i mean you've you've developed a hell of a business there over over the years
1: oh yeah yeah i mean the first first year i turned over six thousand pounds and uh, it, it was a, do I carry on or yeah. don't I? And uh, I could see the uh, bigger picture. And I'm glad I did carry yeah. on because, uh, you know, it, it's grown to where it is now.
0: So during that growth, as far as I can see, you've looked at polyurethane foams, you've looked at polyethylene foams, EPDMs. When I when I left cell,
1: the only foam I knew was polyurethane foam. But yeah. as the business developed, I realised that there were other foams out there like PVC foam, polyethylene foam, uh, all the the sponge rubbers. Didn't really know know what they did or anything like that. But uh, through experience, you you, you generate that experience and uh, you can advise people how to go about doing certain things uh, with regards to the conversion side of it and also advise them what foams to use for a specific application so
0: So, uh, yeah i mean obviously you've got a huge amount of experience when somebody comes to you and says right they've developed an application they need a bit of foam they're not quite sure what kind of foam that it is do, do you find it's actually better for them to not know anything about foam and you can advise them from an expert's point of view right from the outset or do you get people coming to you going steve i need a closed cell pvc foam you know and, and they're fixed yeah. on closed cell pvc foam yeah. it, it is, is that a challenge kind of getting people to listen to your advice
1: it is because what like you, you rightly say they come on and uh, ask for a closed cell foam it could be polyethylene foam or eva foam and uh, you you can yeah you you can quote out based on what they're saying but then you've got yeah. to work out Is it exactly what they do need or is there something better that would do the same job? You know, so uh, it's a a case of, right,
0: let's go with what you're after, but then offer something else. Mm. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, we get loads of inquiries here for people saying I want EVA foam because yeah. you know they've Googled foam that floats or something, and it's come up with EVA, yeah. and they go, I want EVA foam. And then once you actually start talking to them, you say, look, you don't need EVA foam. You need something completely different. But the problem is, by that point in time, they've got their head round. I've got to have EVA foam. What yeah. people don't realise is that uh, there are so many different types of foam nowadays that you, know, you can often get, for example, polyurethane foam that have similar properties to EVA foam, but you can convert the polyurethane foam in a far easier, more friendly manner into yeah. the finished product than you can, for example, an EVA foam. It is, it's quite a challenge actually getting people to um, change their perception and their beliefs on what they want. Well, a lot of the time
1: I find that, uh, for instance, people will ask for EVA foam. But the, the yeah. issue is that, uh, that they've found a product uh from the far east and yeah. uh, they've been told it's eva foam when it probably isn't and yeah. again it's a, <laughs> a matter of getting that out of the mines and and
0: yeah.
1: helping them out with with something else you know which is a lot more well it's e- easier to get hold of
0: easier to convert and do the the, the exact same job for them yeah exactly so okay so well, Intech's been going for now 20 years, something like that. It's about 18 years. 18 that's a, that's, a, that's a fair old stint, isn't it? And I mean, I know it's grown in recent years and it's still continuing to grow as, as well. Look, looking at all the different materials that you're involved in and all the different companies that you work with, where, where's your passion? Is it still polyurethane or is it are, are you become a rubber man? Have you become a... It's a mixed bag, Duncan it depends
1: on what the flavor of the month is at, at the time, you know, you seem to get a glut of enquiries for polyurethane foam and then all of a sudden it, it changes and you'll get a glut of enquiries for polyethylene foam or uh, a rubber, you know, it's uh,
0: it's just a mixed bag. Are you, are you, you are still, if you don't mind me saying Steve, you are still driven by the customer, aren't you? I'm, I'm oh, no, yeah, I've known definitely. you for so long that I know at heart, you're the kind of guy that just likes talking to people about their phone requirement and guiding them in the right direction.
1: That exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: You yeah. spend hours yeah. talking to them. I know that because I've listened to you talk to, for hours to people about <laughs> 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 about solving <laughs> about solving their phone problems. So come on in. So in, in tech phone fits in a, a fantastic place in the industry because of your expertise, your neutrality. Um, yeah, you can point people in the right direction to, to solve their problems. How does it? How has the industry changed? Do you think in the last twenty years? I mean, you've watched other converters come and go. You've watched manufacturers change over the years. You know, there's been all sorts of of, of you know ways that the industry has changed.
1: A lot of the when I when I first moved into the foam industry, there are a lot of uh, bits of specialised kit that uh, were available. Yeah. Uh, which which is now gone and that's purely down to the fact that uh, back in the the Far East they uh, developed the machinery and started producing the goods out there at a cheaper price
0: so there is a lot of that that's gone away Steve, you are spot spot on, there are too many foam converters that are great at supplying sheets or band knife pads or die cut and that's about it you push them out of their comfort zone a little bit and ask them to do something else. And, and they genuinely, they struggle. They they, they they don't want to do it.
1: They can't do it.
0: I mean, I'm a little bit like you in, in as much that you, you tend to say yes to the customer and listen to what they want and then go away and figure out how it can actually be done. But to do that, to take that approach, you've got to be able to back it up with occasionally very, very unusual and, and old-fashioned machinery. And actually, when you think about it, phone converting machinery... Because we don't work in a sort of like a harsh and abrasive industry, it's not a rough industry, is it? I mean, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's face it, a phone converting machine, if it's looked after, will last for years and years and years. What? Well, yeah, it's just normally a blade or yeah, automated blade or something. So generally, some old phone converting machinery that's still around in our industry is worth its weight in gold. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we've got a few bits buried in the corner of the factory that you wheel out occasionally, and they're cracking bits of kit, but they're not available new.
1: Oh, exactly, yeah, yeah. You you really need a it's well worth having them within a, the industry. You need a, a specialized sort of engineer who can actually develop a, a better kit for you.
0: Mate, you need a Tom. You need a Tom Wallace. Yeah, Tom, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just for those of you who don't know who Tom Wallace is, Tom Wallace is our engineering manager here. And Tom was also a Declan man many, many, many years ago.
1: Declan, uh, Tom was at Declan when I first joined there.
0: Back in '84. Yeah, yeah. So it shows how long Tom's been in the industry for, and um, so obviously Tom and Steve go back a, a, a long time. But that sort of expertise is is absolutely bloody invaluable, Steve. It really is. Yeah. So you, you've done a fantastic job over the last 18, 20 years. How are things at the moment? Because, well, and I'm, when I say at the moment, I'm I am actually talking sort of kind of twenty, you know, twenty 2020, twenty, twenty twenty one. This whole COVID thing. How's it affected you? Looking
1: at the sales figures, not really affected us at all. I mean, it did back in in April, we had a really bad month. Uh, But uh, after that, it it started to pick up again. And uh, I think we're going to do about the same sort of turnover as we did last year.
0: That's good. That's really, really good. It shows how resilient your business is, doesn't it?
1: It's so varied, uh, so many different markets that even if one market's hit,
0: you've got other markets that will back you up again the beauty of being an independent foam converter that isn't it you get involved in all these different markets and all these different materials and if one's up or one's yeah you know, one's down it all balances out i've seen, I've seen it does, the, yeah i've seen, yeah. seen the same thing so your expectations for the next year or two steve Apart from retiring. <laughs> Mate, we're, all, we're, all, we're all dreaming of the beach. We all want me. to do that, don't we? <laughs> Honestly.
1: No, I'd just like to see the, the business keep growing. Uh, I'm sure it will. And the, hopefully there'll be new materials that come out that are uh, uh, more technical that other other companies can't get hold of. And uh, you can start using those to
0: promote your business i I agree with you steve i mean we're reliant upon that aren't we let's face it there aren't that many new materials that come along in our industry that's that's the thing you find new applications but it generally has to be for existing materials that's the thing and that's where it's quite difficult because people come along i don't know if you notice it end users they, they they come along with their own weird and wonderful application and they kind of expect you to develop a new foam just for their application
1: just for them when the volume isn't big enough, that that's the issue. So you you really are reliant on existing materials and trying to to balance it out to give them a product that will work for their situation, rather than develop a new material. Go on
0: then. I, I in my opinion, Steve, it's business is all about people. Ultimately, I mean, I know we, we've been talking about foam for the last sort of ten minutes, but what I miss, and like you, I've been in this for thirty odd years. I miss like the characters in in the industry
1: yeah there, there's a lot of them that have gone yeah
0: yeah that that's where and it to be honest with you, it's it's a shame because in in the good old days you know 15 years ago something like that you, you could pick up the phone and talk to somebody in another phone company and you could kind of you know exchange views and pick each other's brains and and, and all that kind of thing and you could do it without fear of kind of you know you can talk to him but you can't talk to her and all this kind of jazz and it's that I think it, it's probably it's not just the foam industry it's the world that we live in but I, I don't see that any longer nowadays I think there's a there's a there's a culture where people work for a company and you know they do their job but that's it they don't kind of look outside their it's company it's nine to five
1: isn't it that's yeah well it's five o'clock comes that's it They're, they've switched off yeah whereas you, you know yourself uh you can't switch off you you can be working at nine o'clock at night you know yeah do it, even if you if if you're exporting you have to work till that sort of time uh because you know if, if it's america
0: uh you've got to mate i know you keep bloody texting me at nine o'clock at night saying <laughs> i don't expect you to respond <laughs> <laughs> no i'm in bed go away <laughs> that's the bit that i really miss is and i'm a massive believer in the fact that you know the reason our businesses have been you know relatively successful over the years is we've built relationships with other people we've built relationships with suppliers and with customers and and other people in the industry that we've kind of like exchanged experiences with and i don't i don't see so much of that nowadays i think People are too, uh, unfortunately, people are too inward looking and they tend to just stay within their own company, and within their own sort of comfort zone. Um, And I've got to be honest with you, Steve, that's why I'm kind of hoping that this podcast is a success because if nothing else we can get more and more people within the industries kind of talking to each other a little bit more listening to each other a little bit more um that wouldn't maybe talk to each other so much on a regular basis yeah
1: yeah, um, yeah.
0: maybe if nothing else on this on this covid thing it's made us all realize that actually we're all human beings we're all out there we're all trying to make a living <laughs> We're all just trying to sell a bit of foam.
1: Well, ultimately, that, that's all it is, isn't it? But uh, no, you, you do get those uh, relationships that you, you build up with people and they respect you for it as well because, you know, you helped them out and if they've got another enquiry, they're going to give it to you. And that's how you start building up your, your business with, with those customers. You know, so, yeah, some yeah, of the, yeah. the, the uh, accounts that we've got, they probably started off as very, very small uh, bits of business and they've grown into
0: £100,000, you know. Well, Steve, again, you see, you talk about... You said right at the very beginning, and you were quite right, you said you set up Intech Foam on the back of the fact that you thought there was an opportunity to supply those smaller customers and that they would grow into the big customers. Mate, that's still out there, you know. Just, oh, yeah. just because the big boys want the £100,000 a year accounts, well... Yeah, people don't suddenly start spending a hundred thousand pounds a year on foam. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, there might be a few years where they're just, you know, building it bit by bit and they might become a hundred grand a year account down the line. But you've got to go through the hard slog at the beginning. That takes years it to, to develop it. It does.
1: So uh, once you once you're there, uh they respect you and it's very difficult to for them to, to change because they know that they've lost
0: that Helpfulness, if you like. Yeah, and the other thing is, Steve once, once it's all sorted out, and it might take two, three, four years to all sort out. Once it's actually sorted out, they look upon it as like a massive tick in a the box. They sort of say, "Right, well, I've got foam. It's, it's sorted out. I don't have to worry about it. I'm going to get my foam from Intec Foam. Leave it, leave it alone."
1: And they consider, if it's a large company, they consider the foam spend to be nothing. It isn't in in their terms. You know, if they're spending millions of, of pounds a
0: year on uh, product bit of foam that costs two or three pence you know it's uh, nothing is it exactly so come on in mate finally retirement it's not there yet yep. but you know yep. retirement might be looming could well be yep. where are you off to, to vegas, vegas? <laughs> i know you have I, 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 come on i know you're a vegas boy no
1: i n- normally go uh probably once a year with family you can't go to vegas can there's nothing going on there's there. nothing, well, Vegas is open, but it's only open to the uh, the Americans. Uh, people are still going there,
0: but uh, a lot of the hotels are only opening up for the weekends. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's killed Vegas, this whole thing, is not it? So, how often did you used to go to Vegas, Steve? Probably once a year. I haven't been twice in one year, but, uh, yeah, once yeah. is enough. Have you ever come back with more than you went out with?
1: Yeah, the first time I ever went, I went with my brother-in-law. Um, yeah. Oh, must have been about year 2000. And, what, 20 uh, years ago? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, we both uh, both went, well, we, we went for about four nights, something like that. And, uh, oh, it was a nightmare, the travelling. Uh, but we got there and uh, all we did was a few drinks and a uh, few, uh, few beers, like. A uh, few uh, gambles on the machine. And it got to the last night, and uh, we were on this one particular machine. We thought, oh, we're going home tomorrow. So uh, we started playing dollars, uh, which at the time was quite a lot of money. And uh, all of a sudden, we dropped, uh, I think it was $1,800. So it actually paid, not just for the, the flights and the accommodation, but it paid for the uh, everything oh, yeah. we'd done, all the gambling. So we came back. Not as much winning, but uh, we didn't lose. So, not losing is actually winning, believe it or not. Yeah,
0: anyway, you did say that was was 20 years ago. So, the last time you went to Vegas and actually won was 20 years ago? No, no, I've I've been a couple of times where I've actually won. Okay. Uh, I was just thinking, Christ mate, that is a hell of a losing streak. 19 years. (laughs) That's that's not good. No, no, I've, I've won a few on a few occasions, but the majority of it has been a lot. Yeah. Do you know what? I mean, I've only ever done Vegas once. When I came back, I remember thinking, I don't know if I could do Vegas again because it is so. If anybody has been to Vegas, it's such a weird place. And then you look back and you think, actually, do you know what? I could do Vegas again because it is so different and it's so out of this world that you've just got to go over there with a completely open mind and just enjoy yeah. and just do vegas oh yes
1: yeah well,
0: the first time i went
1: I, I thought well it's just gambling and drinking you know and yeah that's a big part of it but uh the the themed hotels you walk around those and you, your mouth is just open you know, you That's you just true. can't believe it. I met Elvis
0: in Vegas. I've met Elvis. i Met Elvis. I met, Elvis. Hey, met him hey. last time I went. Hey, I was, he was he was only a little. Last he was a little one, fella. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, same must have been same Elvis. He was about three foot tall. Do you remember him? <laughs> I, I, I knew he was. I knew he was around somewhere. But do uh, <laughs> you get approached by the uh, <clears throat> ladies on the street, ending out the in the
1: hotels about about five o'clock in the morning? They they come come around and. Uh, you know, hello, big guy, and all that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I used to, you could walk
0: down the street, right, and you'd get approached by all these, you know, nice ladies.
1: Oh, the, with the little cards and
0: yeah, things. they give give you the card, and I and I remember you saying oh, I'm with my wife, you know, because April would yeah. be standing yeah. next to me. They'd be going, "Don't worry, meet you in your hotel room ten minutes." Shit. Well, they've stopped. They've stopped all that now. It, it doesn't happen on the street. Ah, oh. oh, really. Because we we went over, we we went with some friends, it was hilarious because they used to hand out these cards and it was a bit like sort of top Trump's cards. So in in, (laughs) late one, did they? Me and my mate used to sort of sit there and kind of say, right, okay, well, who won here then? (laughs) (laughs) We used to swap, you know, exchange cards, if you see what I mean. That's a bizarre place. So anyway, so I don't know. So retiring in Vegas is maybe not quite. On, on the cards yeah no that's not on the cards oh, okay No. well let's, steve, let steve let me draw it to a close you and i know each other really well it's always a pleasure working with you uh, and i must admit i think the fact that your knowledge of the materials and the process is so in depth that it makes working with you very very easy and it's always been a pleasure working with you steve so um when we decided to start this podcast and i genuinely do hope that uh, it becomes a, a, a regular event I want to say I'm, I'm grateful for you being the first guest because I've never done this before <laughs> well let's hope it all uh, works out it's all a bit of a learning curve Steve Yeah, but yeah. I, I love talking about foam I really enjoy talking to people that know a bit about foam and as I say you've been a perfect first guest so thanks Steve it's really appreciated that's fine no problem and if anybody wants to get older Steve it's intechfoam.co.uk .co.uk yeah. there you go steve thank you very much thanks duncan cheers. cheers thanks for listening to the future of foam podcast i hope you enjoyed it this is the first of what i hope will be many episodes as i speak to more people from inside the foam industry over the coming months if you like what you hear why not share it with your colleagues i hope you join us next time and don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts